This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Um, so you've just got to spin the engine all the way down. Um, and uh, and just wait and see what where you've got to. Like take a kind of audit where you are. And then you sort of know what you want to do next, mm. you know, or what kind of thing you want it to be. Um, and then you can sort of move forward. Otherwise, you can end up just leaping into the next thing. The next thing can be about what you sort of wanted to do five years ago rather than what you need to do now. Yeah. You know, because you haven't quite, yeah. like, updated the software. Hello, you're very welcome to another episode of F&I Rap Chat. This week I am talking to Prasanna Puanarata, the director of the forthcoming film Bally Water, starring Paddy Keelty and Shauna Kerslake. Uh, I got to see this one a few months ago. Um, Breakout Pictures had a special screening of it in the Stella, and I really, really enjoyed it. Gorgeous little film, um, independent a uh, really great writer, Stacey Gregg, who we've had on the podcast before. Um, so it was great to hear the, the story of this film. It's been in the making for seven years now. Um, great to go back and listen to uh, an episode that we did about maybe two years ago with Stacey Gregg. Um, and then to hear uh, how her and Prasanna's kind of working relationship has kind of flowered over the years and um, they've been amazing collaborators so uh, there was a lot of talk about that and how the film got made and um, some really interesting points about filmmaking and kind of keeping the uh, keeping your inspiration and keeping like keeping things fresh and um, knowing why you're making films and that kind of thing. So, yeah, quite a profound conversation towards the end of this interview. So definitely worth um, sticking to the end. So, yeah, if you can go see this film, it will be released on the 22nd of September. So keep an eye out. There's uh, some great posters in the cinemas for it. Uh, I've seen them already. So uh, let's go to Prasanna. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Good, good. It's good to see you again. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. yeah. Um, we met at a screening good, about four or five months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, an exhibitor screening for Bally Walter. Yeah. Um, that uh, Breakout Pictures had um, uh, set up. Yeah, which was a new thing. Uh, they invited us into the Stella, which is beautiful. Yeah, cinema. gorgeous. Yeah. Really gorgeous. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, we got to see two of their films that were on their slate, and yours was one of them. So, yeah. uh, has been the last few months since then. Hadn't well, hadn't really been out by then. But, no, not yeah. at all. We yeah. were really just trying to work out like how it could have its life here. You know, yeah. um, 
It's been good. I mean, since then, uh, we screened the film at uh, the Fla in Galway, uh, which I was desperate to do. Yeah. Um, I went to the Fly in 2019, I think, just before the pandemic, actually. Um, and I met loads of people from Screen Island. I went there with Alan Maher, one of our producers from Cowtown. And um, I loved the vibe. And um, it's a real kind of treasure chest of Irish film, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's just the crack is like a million there. It's, yeah. like it's a really yeah. fun festival. Yeah. Um, but you can do a lot of work as well. Like we, yeah. we, we really managed to like piece together the film there with Screen Island and right. they, they were really into it. So, so that was cool. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So it was nice because it's at the end of our festival journey yeah. at Galway. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, sort of worked out how to do the, uh, the release uh, of the film here. Um, and in Northern Ireland uh, and GB, like all together on September the 22nd. Uh, and then National Cinema Day came along, yeah, um, which we were part of, which was an incredible thing for us. Because in addition to the, the the films that were already in the cinemas, uh, we were able to kind of advance preview for like one day yeah. in over 60 cinemas. I think 4,000 people came to see the film. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, and, uh, you know, Patrick Kilty did a little ident for National Cinema Day, which was which played in cinemas for, like, the whole of the week before. Um, and so, yeah, we're kind of two weeks away, two and a half weeks, or two and a bit weeks away from from our, our cinema release. That's great. Oh, well, it's great to get you at this point. Um, yeah, because I was a little bit confused. I saw it that I didn't realize that was a special preview so that's that's a very cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah it's really like and we did we just sort of worked it out on the fly really because yeah. it was like tw- 20 days before our official release um we kind of discussed it very briefly but it was just so clear that it was going to be an amazing opportunity to show the film to people at a really really good price yeah. you know four yeah. euros or, or three pounds in the north yeah um uh, which I think is a good I, th- I think that's where cinema tickets should be priced. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I live in South East London. There's a cinema down there, the Peck and Plex. Yeah. Where every ticket is under five pounds. Every film, every day, every screening. Right. Um, and it's full. Yeah. So it kind of, you know, economically, like people vote with their, their feet and their yeah. wallets. And, and you know, two, 217,000 people went to the cinema on National Cinema Day. Wow. Which, here, which is like no joke. So it was, it was brilliant to be part of that and to, you know, get a bit of a, like a, a buzz going about the film which happily has has happened and is happening yeah, so yeah yeah so we got our last our very last preview screening uh this evening at lighthouse cinema um in dublin here in dublin and um the q a afterwards with uh patrick and shauna uh, maybe stacy she's very busy at the moment but okay. she is you know she's yeah. she, she may be able to come along as well amazing um yeah that's an interesting thing on the tickets um because they keep going up and people are kind of disrupt. You know, people who don't get to go that often and they feel like every time they go back, it's more expensive. It's another pound. Or, yeah, you know. yeah. And then you've got like popcorn yeah. and like getting into town yeah. if you don't live near a cinema. I mean, I think like cinema before TV, really, I guess it was just like the thing that you did and it yeah. was how you encountered movies. And um, I feel like the notion of a cinema being full mm. is kind of unusual. Like yeah. I, I, I would go and see something at the IMAX and it would usually be quite busy. But, you know, if I go and see something mid-afternoon, early evening in Soho, one of yeah. the cinema, like the independent cinemas there, yeah. you very often could find that you're in there with like three other people. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm really interested in what happens if you if you sort of consider that you might have just priced it wrong, mm. you know, and you might lose out. You might find that those three or four people all end up paying, yeah, you know, four quid rather yeah. than 15 yeah. quid. Yeah. But you might find that actually some of those screenings just get busier get and people busy. like, you yeah. know, they, they families come and, you know, yeah. and it becomes less of a kind of treat and more of a kind of like thing that you're just able to do, yeah. you know, which I think is like where cinema sort of like a lot a lot of independent cinemas are now kind of in this like space of like it's a really nice sofa and yeah. we bring you a drink to your seat yeah, and luxury. stuff yeah. and actually like you know for me the luxury of cinema is a really beautiful projection yeah. really incredible sound yeah. in a room that's busy i think that's that's the, the that's the luxury of, of going to the cinema for me yeah and it was such a strange couple of weeks when the peak of the Barbenheimer thing was happening, you know, and yeah. just walking by the cinema and seeing throngs of people. Like, yeah. It was so bizarre. It was, it was great. I mean, I sort of loved the stuff on the internet where you had, like, a group of, like, four, like, science nerd friends, like, dressing <laughs> up, going to see Barbie. And, like, it's just brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. And it was it was fun. Yeah. And it just yeah. had a bit of life about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So much pink. <laughs> I mean, like so much, pink. so much. Pink. <laughs> it was amazing, and like I hadn't. Both those experiences came in like the same two weeks of being in a packed cinema, and I couldn't really remember the last time that had happened. You know, well, I can't remember when that would have been. Yeah. I mean, I think you get the kind of big event movies, and you do get a bit of something around it, but you, they're not buzzy in that yeah. way. No, there's no. no, there's no like wit around. Yeah. Yeah, in the in the kind of zeitgeist around it, yeah. you know, the kind of irony of it yeah. was so yeah, like gorgeous. I, you know? I did I did see Mission Impossible a few weeks before that, and it was busy, but it wasn't buzzy. No, like, no, yeah. no, no. I think that's right. I think yeah. it kind of feels in a bit like in a way like you're going to church. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like you sort of like yeah. tick off the summer blockbusters, and they are fun, but like you yeah. know, it there's 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 got to be a sense of like coming home. I think for cinema, like maybe like I'm perhaps the last generation of people who kind of like, but for whom like cinema was kind of the way that you watched a film. And then other than that, it was on a four, three TV on VHS. So there was a huge leap yeah. in the experience. Um, and I think maybe like, you know, maybe that leap has sort of narrowed a little bit, Yeah. but what hasn't really narrowed is the kind of collective act of it. And actually like the thing of that Barbenheimer vibe and how that lived in social media is as much a part of that experience as the the films yeah. themselves yeah. And, you know all, all that all of that stuff is just so valuable so absolutely um that brings us to a uh, nicely to a question that we like to ask um was there kind of a cinematic moment that got you thinking i'd like to make films one day um well the short answer is no uh, i i um i i kind of started watching um stuff in the local Odeon. Yeah. I think the first cinema experience I had might have been Star Trek V. Yeah. Which is a sort of terrible first outing, isn't it? But, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm really into Star Trek, yeah. but it's a dreadful movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, which one is that? It's the one, the weird one where they sort of, I think they travel to the centre of the galaxy and kind of meet this like God type guy. Um, Star Trek Six is a brilliant film. Yeah. It's kind of like the Cold War in space thing uh but that was later on so and then i watched the third indiana jones movie 
which I love. But I was I was never thinking, oh, I want to make films. Yeah. I was just sort of thinking these things are great, yeah. you know. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I later, much later on, when I was in my late teens, I, I started getting interested in theatre and acting and okay. and stuff like that. But I was not really thinking about filmmaking, right? Mainly because it was a. I don't say this in a kind of like you know. I'm getting like a little tiny violin out or anything, but it genuinely was just not a thing that was in my, like, right. yeah. you know, yeah. um, like we didn't really, I don't come from a family of kind of creative yeah. people in that way. Right. It just feels like something that some like other people do. Um, and it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. So it's a, so actually I started doing it because I was finding it quite challenging to direct plays yeah. in the shows I wanted to do. I thought they were, interesting important mm. pieces of work that people would find valuable or enjoy watching yeah and it was just hard to get theaters to kind of go with you you know yeah. and um and i was like i think maybe the thing to do is just cut out that sort of middle space and just go and like make a film yeah. but of course you just all you're doing is kicking the can down the road because right. finding people to watch your film is yeah. then the challenge but yeah. um uh and maybe it was a different time theater maybe now there's a bit more it might be a bit easier or maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, I think, yeah. if anything, like theatre audiences have really struggled post-pandemic. And I think a lot of theatres had to really take on big loans and stuff to survive right. the right. pandemic. And right. I think that's kind of reflected in a lot of ticket pricing. So it doesn't feel like, mm. you know, that kind of space that it might have been maybe 10 years ago where you know, you could get like a good ticket to a theatre show for 10, 15 pounds and like you could book it in advance yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they would still do really well because, you know, they kind of like, they just got the numbers, people were really going, but it sort of really, the bottom fell out of it in the pandemic, definitely. So, right. yeah, so it's, it's, it, it is hard and it's always about like alignment and talking to artistic directors of theatres and seeing whether the, the, the work that you want to do fits with what they want for their kind of theatre, for their yeah. parish. Yeah. Um, it's a, it, it is challenging. I, th I think there's like an immediacy to it, which is like, you know, you're talking about a slot in next March, say. Yeah. You know, and you go, well, that's six months away. A lot can happen in this world, as we know. Yeah. Um, but it's not like when you make a film, you set out and then seven years later, yeah. you finished it. I mean, like the world is just so different yeah. now to how it was when we started thinking about Valley Walter. Right. You know, everything has changed. Yeah. But one of the things that has weirdly like pushed it in a way more into focus is that feeling of like how do you emerge from isolation? Yeah. And and who do you emerge with? Because it might not be the people that you really know and love. Yeah. Because they're kind of in an isolation of their own and yeah, everyone's yeah. sort of like secretly clashing horns. So and that's in so many ways a kind of like central part of life in a post pandemic a post pandemic life I think in a way that seven years ago it will it was but just in a different way it's yeah. it's it's achieved a kind of universality I think now yeah. but that's the gift of it it's the curse and the gift of independent filmmaking like you don't know what world you're building it for yeah so you've got to just build it for the world that you uh need to share it for and like hope that they're there to, to meet it when you've finished you yeah know? well maybe take me back even before the six years that this has been going on. And I, I, I read that, you know, yourself and Stacey, you met at a some sort of scheme or something? And yeah, it's the only scheme that I've ever done, actually. It was called Coming Up, and it was a channel for new writing, new directing 
Strand. Oh, I loved it. I used to watch do, do you know? All the time. It's good, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they were they, they they would get seven directors and seven writers, pair them together to make seven 30-minute films. And the nice thing about those films is that they weren't pilots, they weren't the start of returnable TV shows. Yeah. They were just like 24-minute, yeah. you know, plus Standard. advert, right. broadcast half hour, just a sort of long-form short film. Yeah. Um, shot in four days, cast of four, maybe five if you could yeah. really persuade them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had to shoot everything around southeast London or wherever the unit base was. Um, and our film was set in East Belfast, so I kind of came up to Belfast for the first time then. Right. Recced a lot, walked around a lot, spoke to a lot of people, read a lot, kind yeah. of absorbed a lot. Um, found a little spot of southeast London uh, that really kind of did for like Ballybean or Tullycarnet or yeah. those estates and they're, they're like quite pebble dashy but weirdly quite green and undulating yeah we found a little spot and, and actually like we, we kind of you know it, it really kind of worked I think we sort of got there um and um yeah so we worked on that and um We'd Her been, as writer, and yeah, as yeah. Stacy, Stacy wrote. I directed, and we met basically on that. They did like a three-day workshop thing for that. So yeah. I think people sort of applied, and you'd send in like a DVD, as it was, <laughs> like with your like couple of short films on it or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like a basic sort of like, what do you, do you want to write or do you want to direct, whatever it is. And and they pick like fourteen directors, fourteen writers, and put all of us in this like three-day workshop. And they'd they'd be like talks and seminars and stuff, but they'd also be like practical things where you'd direct scenes that the writers had written working with actors and stuff and on the last day and you'd also like be paired with different people you know and on the last uh the the the, the last evening before the final day as it were the penultimate evening they were like right tomorrow morning everyone is going to be paired up and you're going to get one actor one camera and you're going to make a film tomorrow morning and we're going to show them all tomorrow afternoon and stacy and i got paired together for that wow. and there were all these like very very like clever and jazzy film students who were like doing like credit sequences and like yeah. weird like in camera edits and stuff i literally was like i don't know how to turn this thing on is it's only because i've like filmed weddings in east london and stuff when i was a kid my yeah, dad's yeah. camcorder that I had any idea what to do so i was like right we're doing a single take a single shot just a one like stacy wrote a three minute thing woman on a phone outside of prison um and we had a great time doing it um and so they paired it so when we both got onto the scheme yeah. to actually make the film uh or to be one of the people that made the film they paired us together and and um yeah so we made that film broadcast the week of the 2012 olympics um which was amazing we were on a lot of like critics choices because they'd be like four or five of the critics choices would be like the opening ceremony the gymnastics the track on the saturday night all of that and yeah. then the last thing would be like if you want like the opposite experience <laughs> to the joy of the london yeah. olympics yeah, yeah. watch this film from uh from east belfast yeah um and, and have a similar mix of that kind of humor and grit? it was yes yeah. i would say it's a it's a harder film yeah it has it has harder corners i would say it's a, there is more sand in the shoes in that film yeah um and it was it was much more closely really about a post-conflict heritage particularly the effect of like intergenerational trauma on younger people who maybe kind of have lost a sense of the direction that their families and communities were going in yeah um so yeah but there's still like those corners which i've yeah. always 
I've always loved in Stacey's writing and always wanted to kind of build on and embellish and help and yeah. push and, you yeah. know. Um, so I guess that mixture of what's real and recognisable, what's a little bit sort of deadpan yeah. and kind of strange and the strangeness of normality, yeah. um, whatever a kind of like Fargo-ish yeah. energy might be, you know. Um, plus, like, the thing that I think I've always wanted to do which is to make sure and try and safeguard a really kind of open emotional heart in something so that it isn't just those flavors knocking together that you absolutely do feel like you can track an emotional journey to a kind of open and legible place you know yeah so yeah so that was a it was a really good experience and like we after we broadcast that we actually showed the film at a couple of film festivals which was unusual then because at that time, there really was a distinction between like television transmission films mm. and cinema content and short films in that space. You know, I think things are much blurrier now. But um, we showed the film at the London Short Film Festival and also at the Belfast Film Festival at the QFT in Belfast, um, Queen's Film Theatre, which we previewed Barley Walter in last night, actually. Right. So that's a kind of full circle. Ah, cool. Stacey and I did another Q&A there with yeah. uh, Shauna Kersley. Um, so yeah we did that and then after that we worked on a few theatre projects I directed her in a play I helped her with some of her live artwork Um, and we were just sort of talking about like you know possibilities and ideas and thoughts and and tones and characters and things that might be part of a feature film yeah and then she just sort of like took it away and mulled it over and she directed a uh, she wrote a play that was on here at the Abbey and in the aftermath of that, she just like went away over Christmas and wrote the first draft to Bally Walter. Yeah. She emailed it to me on like New Year's Day of like, I think, 2016. Yeah. I was like, uh, here's a film. And at that time, it was called Donica D. Uh, and the name shifted to Bally Walter. Donica D is the name of the next. It's two two towns up the Ards Peninsula coast from Bally Walter. Okay. So it goes Bally Walter, Mill Isle, then Donica D. It's a slightly bigger place. Right. A little bit nice, has a bit of a one-way system. Okay. Ballywalter is like two caravan parks, a big church spire. Right. Uh, one, a kind of a, like a one-road town. Right. You know, so that's what you wanted. It's it's what felt right. I yeah. mean, I think also Stacey sort of jokes that, um, you know, all the kind of English execs would sort of panic at the word Donacadie. Yeah. Uh, no yeah, one would yeah. know how to say it. Yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Ballywalter just has, I think, the right level of... Um, I guess uh you know it it's um it's a strange sounding place yeah. I guess yeah. you know but um but it's also a thing that a place that people in Northern Ireland kind of know they know it's like yeah every other person that you speak to will be like oh I used to go there for my holidays as a kid yeah. I remember those caravan parks yeah and the other half are going why the you made a film about that place, you know, <laughs> yeah. like whatever, like, yeah, but, yeah. But, it, but people sort of know it, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it comes with a lot of like value in the landscape, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I'm struck by just, you know, I think you said that you were kind of, I read that you were kind of put together with Stacey and then this like very fruitful working relationship has, has kind of come like, you know, how important is that? Has that been, you know, and other people as well yeah i mean i would say that my working relationship with stacy is one of the most important professional relationships i've ever had i mean she's a very close friend now actually um uh both her and her wife mandy and their two kids are like family you know um and um 
so yeah it's a it's it's really I, f- I feel incredibly fortunate actually to be able to work with a long-term collaborator which doesn't necessarily mean that we always know what to do or what the other is thinking one of the things that i think i particularly like about our collaboration is that we are very different and we're energetically very different yeah um but that that we really cross over in the van in very key places that we really understand and it's something to do with the way that we both register humor and a particular type of humor um and so we sort of grow the various crystals out of that place um stacy has a kind of incredible dynamic and exploratory um heart creative heart you know she's always asking questions and 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 pushing towards um the unanswerable you know like the complex and i think i'm probably like a little bit more um interested in recognizable kind of um pre-existing kind of emotional states so somewhere between those two things is this like quite interesting world and like i think we've worked out that bally walter was that world you know like the how life can feel like it's weird and strange and you're sort of looking around at at, at people going what what am i doing here you know yeah. wondering whether anyone just saw that yeah. you know but at the same time it can feel so raw and so kind of you know wounding yeah so funny and all of this can be just happening moment by moment you yeah. know um and so we 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 wanted to make something that tried to capture the kind of um i guess the sort of glitter ball of the experience of living in like tough mental spaces yeah Yeah. in a t- in a landscape that's like about tough love you know yeah. what i mean like nothing's yeah. easy it's just yeah. like um with its history and and stuff so we yeah we like we definitely found found a space of sharing yeah um despite the fact that we you know we kind of um we vibe differently yeah. you know what i mean yeah uh it's interesting because in the film i kind of see it as you know it's kind of two outsiders it's a film kind of that centers nearly around a commute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. Going from this small town into a bigger place and mm. like two people kind of being outsiders and connecting. So that make that kind of makes sense to me where you're coming from. Yeah. There. I I think yeah, we kind of were like it's always interesting when you collide two unrelated spirits, isn't it? Mm. Um and you're right the places in the film are as unrelated as the people um the notion of like northern irish civic life versus country yeah life and particularly peninsular life in northern ireland is really interesting um where you go to hide might be exactly that kind of place in the same way that you might hide in humor you know you might hide in a taxi yeah. you know all yeah. of those things um but uh, yeah it's um and also that that drive is really quite mythic actually yeah. it's like really beautiful yeah. like you start in valley walter and you actually encounter it, there's two, there's sort of roughly speaking two ways into belfast from there but one of them you encounter two completely separate bodies of water well, i mean they're not separate but like they are one of them's the ocean and one of them's a, a lock stranford yeah. lock yeah and um so you go from this like quite gray irish sea quite quite kind of sheer 
yeah. surface, like face of water. Yeah. And then you cross across the peninsula. And then you're by this like very flat, like eerie lock with a kind of road that runs right the way up up the edge of it past yeah. a very strange little petrol station. Um, Is that the one that... That's the one in the... Yeah, and a, and a huge, huge shopping center, uh, um, supermarket. Yeah. Right at the at the top of the the, the lock, uh, and an airfield, and a hill with a tower on it, um, and then you go past the hill with the tower, and then it's a straight road into Newtonards, and then into or round Newtonards really, and um, and and into Belfast, and so it's like a weird journey, and I think the whole kind of notion of the coming together of two people happening in a journey space that had itself like a kind of a, a quality of strangeness. Yeah. Um, I think is the thing that I was first looking at going, that's, that's the piece that I think is going to be quite magical mm. in a room on a big screen with a lot of people watching. It's the bit that I think where something will start happening in the dark matter. You know? Yeah. Um, because the thing for me about the film that kind of pulls it all together is is that casting, the central casting. I know you've done some acting. I don't know. Is it and theater? I guess everything is in casting. Was that like the biggest job or the you know to get well, right? Yeah, I mean, I I know a theater director who says that um, theater is ninety five percent casting. Right. Um, right. <laughs> I I I don't agree. I don't yeah. think it's quite it's quite that, but yeah. it's an interesting yeah, you know, starting point. Um, <clears throat> it sort of defines so much of what a thing ends up being, and for something like this, where you spend so much time with them, and in such a kind of p the particular precinct of the inside of a Toyota, um, yeah, it was just sort of vital, um, and so yeah, I mean, Shauna was just in our heads from really early on I'd seen a date for Mad Mary and was really aware of her she's like she is one of the best actors yeah. in these islands I yeah. think and um uh and she James Beerman my producer and I met up with her in London and she was like a <laughs> later on she was like I didn't know quite what the meeting was didn't know what was gonna happen like were you interested what, what was it um we were just like you know I like can you drive can you like can you sing <laughs> like like are you nice yeah, you know yeah, all the, like yeah. um and um and she's all of those things actually <laughs> um and so yeah so 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 she so she came on board and um and that was really it was really great actually and she brought a kind of that incredible caustic eye rolling energy but also this kind of like well well of emotion that just um, seem to be able to be deployed all over the, all over the film. I mean, she right. has it's, she's sort of like she's really peppered it with kind of emotional kind of lily pads, yeah, for people to land on and connect with her in particular ways. Um, and then with Paddy, we we um, it was a thought that Stacey had first that that Patrick Kilty might be an interesting person to to consider. Yeah, um, and I'd always thought of Patrick as you know as a stand-up comedian obviously uh but a performer who was quite front-footed you know it's yeah. quite a, you know like he would really fill the palladium he'd fill ulster hall you know yeah 
Um, but then I saw when so I was talking about it, um, a documentary that he made um, uh, called uh, My Father, the Peace Deal in Me, which was about his kind of journey back into a space of of the Troubles and the history of the Troubles and people who had um, uh, suffered trauma and loss and bereavement um, and talked to them about the question of forgiveness and whether forgiveness was really possible mm-hmm. uh, in the context of his own personal family history. And I saw a completely different man right. in that film. I saw a slightly older man. I saw a man who was asking really the hardest questions you can ask about your own life, your own history, how you kind of package up the traumas of your own past to kind of get ready for the next half of your life, to live it healthily if you can, you know, whatever that may be, whatever that journey is, which is obviously the journey that Shane is on. And so I was was like, I think there's just, there is a rhythmic sharing between these two men you know um so the actual thing of you know can he act or what was that process i mean i've I've been an actor for nearly 20 years now and um you can kind of like i I feel like you you, you sort of you can you can sort of spot someone who can who is in a moment in their life who's where they're ready to go on that journey you know um and we really needed to rehearse not to like teach him how to act or anything like that but just to dig into it and just really like you know because like for me like a lot of acting sometimes you don't get the prep time you're hurled on set and you've got to be able to just like deliver it you know what I mean it's like sometimes I feel like it's a bit like being a jockey like sometimes you just get put on a horse you've never met right and you've got to run the Grand National yeah and you've got to know what to do and there's like a million things that you're instinctively doing as that jockey to ride that horse on that race on that day for the first time and a lot of screen acting can be like that. It's like, here's the script for today. Oh, it's completely changed. We, you've never met this actor. You don't know what this relationship, this um, this location is. All of those things. It's four minutes to six. We finish at six. And these are the seven things you've got to do. And, you know, we're shooting on film. So it's like, you know, a thousand pounds, like running through the camera every like, five minutes or whatever it is. So like all of those things are happening at once. And so, you know, the, what our rehearsal period was about, like trying to manage that stuff so that Patrick could basically like I, I i heard this thing that francis mcdormand said which was a really amazing thing about about where you put it as an actor and she was like you you've got to be able to send the bucket down the well but you've also got to be able to close the well at mm. the end of that so it doesn't live in your life you yeah. know and so we just talked about how we open and close that lid right you know um and my uh, james my producer comes from theater absolutely knows the value of rehearsal so really pushed hard for us to have that time um so i worked with patrick over about four weeks and then when we went up to prep the film i rehearsed with patrick and shauna and stacy whenever she was around and available mm-hmm. um for two weeks we rehearsed every morning for two weeks uh which was really tough i think for james because james had to kind of fend off the other creative departments who were needing to go on tech recce's and look at locations and costumes yeah. and you know things like that yeah. and and you know it was a real kind of like as you say if you can't get those characters to feel real and those actors to comfortably inhabit that realness 
it it doesn't really matter. None of the rest of it really matters. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's just like that. That's the starting point, and then you build everything around it. Everything else that you need to create a picture, to create a sonic landscape, to create an energy, a cinematic energy. Yeah. Um, but it was always going to start with them. So and and you know, like they adore each other, and they. Yeah. They've got a day today of press junkets, and I don't think they've really spent a lot of time because yeah. of the pandemic and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, you know, Sean is a, a parent of quite a young baby, and um, so I, I think they're very much looking forward to like riding again, yeah, having yeah. spent like yeah, yeah, yeah. five weeks in a Toyota Corolla, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, on the yeah, Arts yeah. Peninsula yeah, <laughs> in a yeah, pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> riding means something else here. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what you mean. Yeah, no, no, but, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, they are total rides, both of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so those two weeks, like they must have really stood to you because anytime anything goes wrong, you know, you've kind of worked out. And you know, yeah, yeah, you've kind of had a little look at everything. Yeah, and sometimes you don't. It's not a case of when it's gonna, if it's gonna go wrong. It's sort of when. I mean, we. It's a small independent film, yeah, really small in a pandemic. So a lot of our, like, any any kind of budget that was held in contingency just yeah. went yeah. on testing. Yeah. So we had no spare time. There were no spare days. There was no nothing. You know, yeah. um, so we really had to kind of be like, well, you, we just need to know that you might only get three goes of this, two yeah. goes of this, one go even. Um, and they, yeah, that that time was so valuable. And I, I really don't understand why people don't do it. I don't get it because it's, I don't know why you would sort of do all that work when you've got like 80 people standing around waiting, you know. Why not just like dig in a bit? Like in every other aspect of filmmaking, you know, you wreck your location. Yeah. You know, the gaffer goes around and looks in the like, you know, in the fuse box, <laughs> like people work it out. Yeah. But with acting, they just go, oh, we'll do it on the day. It's fine. No worries. You know, and then you turn up. It's like, no, it's not. It's not fine. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. And it's it's not how a lot of actors like to work. Yeah. You yeah. don't get the best out of people and you don't get the sort of richness and the depth of performance and the comfort in performance and the danger that you can get to. So, yeah. 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 And that's the, I don't know if people are looking for they're trying to keep that spontaneity, but like. Yeah, well, that's a that's a management <laughs> yeah. thing, really, because, you, you know, it's kind of like you can explore a thing mm. without going, like, up the mountain with it. Yeah, you know what I mean? rehearsing it to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kind of, it's sort of like you can you can fuel the rocket up. Right. Yeah, but yeah. you just don't do the countdown. Right. You know, yeah, like, yeah. you just want to know that you can go. Yeah. And you know everything about what you want to explore in that thing so that the acting can absolutely hit the inside edge of possibility yeah. of each moment, you know? Yeah. So you really nosed it out. And sometimes with those things, it, it's like, you know, it's like rehearsing anything is about like working out the history, the heritage, the parameters of something, the questions of something so that you can chuck it all away and yeah. get into it in the moment. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah good acting is about like and this is when it gets hard i think is like how how real is an invented spontaneity I yes guess. yeah and like the very best actors for the very best actors it is re as real as yeah. anything else yeah. and it's like a it's a kind of wizardry i yeah. think it's amazing 
Um, so this podcast very much for filmmakers, <coughs> people coming up and established as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, one of the things we like to talk a little bit about is just some of the hard, harder parts of being in the industry and oh, how people are, deal with it. What are the easy parts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but you seem like you seem busy. Is that part of your, you like you do lots of different things. Does that help or does that hinder? It helps, I think. Yeah. Mainly from a practical point of view, like I don't think, I think I need to pay my bills with a combination of things because, you know, like it took us seven years, like I say, to make this film. Yeah. Uh, no one's, no one's made any money right. really over that amount of time yeah, with this, no, you know, no. and that's not really how it can be. And so the challenge then becomes like, how do you do the jobs that keep your bills paid and keep you fulfilled, knowing that you could choose to do something that clobbers a potential shoot window or something like that, and that is that can be hard. Right. Um, but um, I find it all so kind of enriching in a kind of way that. Uh, enriches the other you know what i do in one area can really enrich what i do in another area so it's like really interesting and useful and um quite empowering i think like when i work as an actor i feel like i know what a director's going through yeah and you can kind of help them and it helps me to know how to help a colleague right um and to fold that into my professional work rather than not be aware of it and for things to just feel like clashing energies mm -hmm. um similarly like i know a little bit about what it's like to be an actor who's in trouble who's like struggling like something's not quite working yeah. um and in terms of writing like i think one of the big lessons i've learned in the last 10 years about writing is how to just like let go how to let things shift in the reality of an actual moment that is being filmed or rehearsed on stage you know the thing that you have in your head doesn't have to be real when the actual reality arrives um and so letting those things go lightly has been a really good thing um and i think that takes a lot of time actually because it, it can be tough and you spend more time as a writer with your script than anyone else and yeah. you sort of go i think this is the only way it can work and there's usually like a other ways and it's nice to know that you know when people go can we just sort of trim that scene they're usually just saying we just think we're there we've got it already we don't need the bit that you think we need you know um all of those things so they, they just sort of take a bit of time to like process emotionally what that feels like yeah it's not a rejection it's not you're terrible not any of those things it's just these things are quite practical you know we can't shoot there because we just aren't doing any nights yeah so can it be inside a house is not like a violence against your script. It's like <laughs> they, there's a sort of, you know, uh, and and it, through those obstacles, what are the opportunities? You know, yeah. what can we do that makes this more interesting, more potent, you know, all of those things. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a sequence in the film, two car journeys around a brief stop at a petrol station by the side of Strangford Lock. And um, Federico Cheska, my really brilliant cinematographer, um, sort of was like, well, this one here is kind of dusk and this one here might be night Yeah, because of how we had to shoot. So he was like, right. we need to shoot this petrol station on the absolute turn. Right. Um, and 
he was like, if we do this here, shoot that there, this here, I think we can get it all in the one sequence yeah. of a day. Yeah. Um, and it was a complicated thing to do, but it weirdly solved a few problems. Yeah. As well as creating a few, so you know right. there was a kind of like weird. There's a weird give and take with those things. Like sometimes you cut something and something else improves, or you know, and I guess like doing the doing the kind of various things that I do, I guess gives me a bit of a sense of like how to be open to that possibility that you might do something and it might be better for it to not have happened, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so you know, like it doesn't bother me that much if like if i watch something that i've done as an actor and i'm i'm not there going oh you cut that scene yeah i'm like yeah of course you cut that scene because like looking at this it sort of doesn't work or you know whatever it is so yeah. you kind of it's nice to be able to know how to how it feels the other side of the curtain yeah absolutely um what's next for you uh well good question i'm gonna sort of take a bit of a stop right um, release the film. I'm gonna spend some time with my family, um, and um, I think the next thing uh, I, I think I hope is gonna be a, a, a theatre directing, a piece of theatre directing work. Great. Um, but I'm also looking forward to just letting the, um, letting. I was talking to Rob from Breakout about this yesterday, um, but um, I just want the flywheel to just spin to a stop. Yeah, you know, like after seven years, the film has just never stopped spinning. Right, um, and it's been a real challenge, you know, getting it financed, shooting it in the pandemic, cutting it in the pandemic. The sort of weird like journey we had with festivals that started in a really kind of challenging place and ended up in this like really wonderful place, premiering at Belfast and also being able to screen the film at Cork and Galway and some brilliant Irish film festivals. Um, around the world um it's been quite exhausting so i think i need to just like uh take a bit of a stop yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and regroup and, yeah yeah and just read a bit and yeah. you know watch some films and like yeah. i say just sort of hang out with my family yeah yeah that's only to i call it feeding the beast like you yeah know, get more inspiration like yeah the next thing absolutely yeah or just like hearing yourself right you know, just hearing what you actually feel and think. Yeah. Which is really the fundamental inspiration. And the reason for doing anything is like, how, how does this chime with your calendar of emotions that you can feel in yourself, you know? And sometimes if you're very busy, you can't feel anything like that. Right. Because you don't feel anything. You just are just getting through each day. Yeah. Um. So you've just got to spin the engine all the way down um, and uh, and just wait and see what where you've got to. Like take a kind of audit of where you are and then you sort of know what you want to do next, mm. you know, or what kind of thing you want it to be. Um, and then you can sort of move forward. Otherwise you can end up just leaping into the next thing. The next thing can be about what you sort of wanted to do five years ago rather than what you need to do now. Yeah. You know, because you haven't quite, yeah, like, updated the software. 
That's very interesting. <laughs> well, on that quite profound note. <laughs> um, it was lovely to chat with you. You too. You too. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, it's great. well done on the film. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks. We'll be uh, encouraging all our listen- listeners to go. So we'll include uh, release dates and stuff like that. And, and you can say what a ridey film is. Yes. Like, ha- like ridey. full rideness. Should I have that in the same yeah. bus? <laughs> ridey yeah. Walter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ride-tastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks, uh, well, Thank you. Minding Creative Minds is a comprehensive well-being and support program available 24-7. Specifically designed for the Irish creative sector, including professionals in the film and TV industry. Experience peace of mind knowing that a skilled team of trained counsellors and psychotherapists are at your disposal. They provide medium-term intervention and expert guidance on managing day-to-day challenges that often lead to anxiety and stress. (sighs) Discover the valuable assistance Minding Creative Minds offers by visiting mindingcreativeminds.ie today. Take the first step towards enhanced well-being in your creative journey in confidence. Here at the podcast studios, we're opening our doors to everyone this culture night. Come see the place where your favourite headstuff shows are made. Get behind-the-scenes access, learn about production, and record your very own five-minute podcast. This is an opportunity not to be missed. Join us on Friday, 22nd of September. Register on eventbrite.ie or see the Culture Night website for details. We look forward to seeing you there.